Section 10 of An American Tragedy, Volume 2, by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. Book 3, Chapter 1. Kataraqui County, extending from the northernmost line of the village known as Three Mile Bay on the south to the Canadian border, on the north a distance of 50 miles, and from Sinaskit and the Indian Lakes on the east to the Rock and Scarf Rivers on the west, a width of 30 miles its greater portion covered by uninhabited forests and lakes, yet dotted here and there with such villages and hamlets as Kuntz, Grass Lake, North Wallace, Brown Lake, with Bridgeburg, the county seat, numbering no less than 2,000 souls of the 15,000 in the entire county, and the central square of the town occupied by the old and yet not ungraceful county courthouse, a cupola with a clock and some pigeons surmounting it, the four principal business streets of the small town facing it. In the office of the county coroner in the northeast corner of the building, on Friday, July 9th, one Fred Height, coroner, a large and broad-shouldered individual with a set of gray-brown whiskers such as might have graced a Mormon elder. His face was large, and his hands and his feet also, and his girth was proportionate. At the time that this presentation begins, about 2.30 in the afternoon, he was lethargically turning the leaves of a mail-order catalog for which his wife had asked him to write and while deciphering from its pages the price of shoes, jackets, hats, and caps for his five omnivorous children, a greatcoat for himself of soothing proportions, high collar, broad belt, large impressive buttons chancing to take his eye, he had paused to consider regretfully that the family budget of $3,000 a year would never permit of so great luxury this coming winter, particularly since his wife, Ella, had had her mind upon a fur coat for at least three winters past. However his thoughts might have eventuated on this occasion, they were interrupted by the whir of a telephone bell. Yes, this is Mr. Height speaking. Wallace Upham of Big Bittern. Why, yes, go on, Wallace. Young couple drowned. All right, just wait a minute. He turned to the politically active youth who drew a salary from the county under the listing of secretary to the coroner. Get these points, Earl. Then into the telephone. All right, Wallace, now give me all the facts. Everything. Yes. The body of the wife found, but not that of the husband? Yes. A boat upset on the south shore? Yes. Straw hat without any lining? Yes. Some marks about her mouth and eye? Her coat and hat at the inn? Yes. A letter in one of the pockets of the coat? Addressed to who? Mrs. Titus Alden, Biltz, Mimico County? Yes. Still dragging for the man's body, are they? Yes. No trace of him yet. I see. All right, Wallace. Well, I'll tell you, Wallace. Have them leave the coat and hat just where they are. Let me see. It's 2.30 now. I'll be up on the 4 o'clock. The bus from the inn there meets that, doesn't it? Well, I'll be over on that, sure. And, Wallace, I wish you'd write down the names of all present who saw the body brought up. What was that? Eighteen feet of water, at least. Yes. A veil caught in one of the rowlocks? Yes, a brown veil. Yes, sure, that's all. Well, then, have them leave everything just as found, Wallace, and I'll be right up. Yes. Wallace, thank you. Goodbye. Slowly, Mr. Height restored the receiver to the hook, and as slowly rose from the capacious, walnut-hued chair in which he sat, stroking his heavy whiskers, while he eyed Earl Newcomb, combination typist, record clerk, and whatnot. You got all that down, did you, Earl? Yes, sir. Well, you'd better get your hat and coat and come along with me. We'll have to catch that 310. You can fill in a few subpoenas on the train. I should say you better take fifteen or twenty, to be on the safe side, and take the names of all such witnesses as we can find on the spot. 
and you'd better call up Mrs. Height and say tain't likely I'll be home for dinner tonight, or much before the down train. We may have to stay up here until tomorrow. You never can tell in these cases how they're going to turn out, and it's best to be on the safe side. Height turned to a coat room in one corner of the musty old room, and extracted a large, soft-brimmed straw hat, the downward curving edges of which seemed to heighten the really bland and yet ogreish effect of his protruding eyes and voluminous whiskers, and having thus equipped himself, said, I'm just going in the sheriff's office a minute, Earl. You'd better call up the Republican and the Democrat and tell them about this, so they won't think we're slighting them. Then I'll meet you down at the station. And he lumbered out. And Earl Newcomb, a tall, slender, shock-headed young man of perhaps nineteen, and of a very serious, if at times befuddled, manner, at once seized a sheaf of subpoenas, and while stuffing these in his pocket, sought to get Mrs. Height on the telephone. And then, after explaining to the newspapers about a reported double drowning at Big Bittern, he seized his own blue-banded straw hat, some two sizes too large for him, and hurried down the hall, only to encounter, opposite the wide-open office door of the district attorney, Zilla Saunders, spinster and solitary stenographer to the somewhat famous and mercurial Orville W. Mason, the district attorney. She was on her way to the auditor's office, but being struck by the preoccupation and haste of Mr. Newcomb, usually so much more deliberate, she now called, "'Hello, Earl. What's the rush? Where are you going so fast?' Double drowning up at Big Bittern, we hear. Maybe something worse. Mr. Height's going up and I'm going along. We have to make that 310. Who said so? Is it anyone from here? Don't know yet, but don't think so. There was a letter in the girl's pocket addressed to someone in Biltz, Mimico County, a Mrs. Alden? I'll tell you when we get back, or I'll telephone you. My goodness, if it's a crime, Mr. Mason will be interested, won't he? Sure, I'll telephone him, or Mr. Height will. If you see Bud Parker or Carol Badnell... Tell him I had to go out of town and call up my mother for me, will you, Zilla, and tell her too. I'm afraid I won't have time. Sure I will, Earl. Thanks. And highly interested by this latest development in the ordinary humdrum life of his chief, he skipped gaily and even eagerly down the south steps of the Cataraqui County Courthouse, while Miss Saunders, knowing that her own chief was off on some business connected with the approaching county Republican convention, and there being no one else in his office with whom she could communicate at this time, went on to the auditor's office, where it was possible to retail to any who might be assembled there all that she had gathered concerning the seemingly important Lake Tragedy. End of Book 3, Chapter 1